This podcast is sponsored by Google Search. It's where your customers find what matters to them and where you can find what matters to your business. To learn more, visit g.co slash think slash search smarter. That's g.co slash think slash search smarter. Hello and welcome to Marketing That Matters, a podcast series for Marketing Week and e-consultancy sponsored by Google. In this podcast, we look under the bonnet of how brands are transforming their approach to digital marketing, covering customer experience, e-commerce, search, and much, much more. My name is Russell Parsons, Editor-in-Chief of Marketing Week, and I am your host. Our subject today is U-Switch and the evolution of its advertising strategy. It's a story of standing out and apart in a highly competitive, fast-moving sector. It's a story of automation, innovation, and a shift to putting the customer at the heart of communication. To tell that story, I have two of the architects behind its strategy – I've got Ethan Radke, who's the head of marketing at USwitch, and Louise Saul, who's an online marketing analyst at USwitch. Ethan, Louise, welcome to the podcast. Nice to have you here. Thanks a lot, Russell. Uh, fantastic to be here. We're really excited. Now, uh, first question for you, Ethan, if I possibly could. I alluded in my introduction there to USwitch operating in a very competitive sector. Comparison is very, very competitive. I mean, how do you describe uh, the approach you take to effectively reach new audiences? Yeah, so so on the USwitch business, we have a 20-year history of connecting consumers with information and deals in home services that help them improve or make better decisions for their at-home lives. And we're the market leader in home services switching. We're known primarily in energy and are the market leader there, as well as broadband. We have a mobiles and financial services aspect to our business as well. We're part of a group called RVU, which includes Confuse.com, Money.co.uk, Mojo Mortgage, and, and other brands across Europe. And that is part of Red Ventures, which is a global group of brands operating worldwide in consumer-facing sectors like financial services, home services, healthcare, and education. I think uh, competitive is is probably an understatement. Uh, cutthroat might be a better word. We operate in an industry where some of our competitors will spend you know, four to five times what we will on brand media in, in a year. And so that requires that we be very dynamic, very fast, very nimble in how we operate as a marketing team. And the way we do that is primarily through digital channels. We obviously have uh, an entire part of our business and, and my team that are focused on our typical brand activity, channels like TV, video on demand, even out of home and the like. But a lot of our acquisition is driven through digital, and we find that we're able to be far more nimble in reaching new audiences in digital channels, especially channels like PPC, social, display, video uh, with the likes of YouTube, etc. So the vast majority of our digital advertising spend today is actually in PPC. So we do some brand PPC activity, although that's gone down in the recent 12 to 18 months in a shift in strategy there. But the bulk of our digital advertising spend is actually a non-brand PPC. And Luis and team have really built a fantastic automation-backed approach to 
deploying investment in PPC. Thank you for that. I'll come back to uh, ask you again a little later about some of the changes that you alluded to there. But you've teed up Louise nicely, so if I can bring Louise into uh, the conversation. Ethan talked there about a lot of money being spent in PPC and automation. Talk to me about how your approach has developed over the recent past and in what way. So automation has been quite a journey for us over the last probably two years or so that I've been with the business. When I started working with the business, we mainly used an internal tool called Somatic, which is developed by Red Ventures, our parent company. And this is what we used to bid on PPC, so to decide where we're spending our money for the best return on investments. And over the last two years or so, we've moved mainly from Somatic to using Google's bidding tools. So over that time, um, we first tested Somatic versus Google bidding tools, and we're not particularly loyal to what we use to bid. We just want the best performance and that was what Google was delivering. So that was our first move. And then since then, we've tested a lot of different Google bid strategies. We've used maximized conversion value. We've used target return on ad spend, target CPA. And we're always just testing and testing, looking for what's going to deliver the best results for us. And you talked about performance there. So what are you measuring yourself against when it comes to investment in those tools? What does good look like? For us, good looks like driving as many sales as possible at the targeted return on investment. So we have an ROI target that we're always working towards and we want to do as many sales as we can at that target. And in terms of conversions, talk to me about how you look at those and and what successes that you've had there as well. So sales or conversions for us in switch is someone switching their provider. Um, so you'll probably know you switch best for energy. So it would be someone switching their energy provider or switching onto a different energy plan with the same provider. Um, and in our other verticals, such as broadband, mobiles, some financial services sectors, it's the same as someone switching to a different contract or deal. And Ethan, if I could bring you in to, uh, to talk again about the results you've, uh, Louise talked about the changes uh, that you've made and the development and journey you've been on in these areas. Can you share with us and everybody that's listening the details of uh, your commercial performance or as much as you can anyway? Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll have to keep some behind closed doors, as I'm sure you can understand. I'm sure we'll have competitors quickly listening in. So We'll, we'll keep some things close to the vest. I, I think, as Louise said, this has been quite a journey for us across automation, moving from internally built tools over really several years onto Google tools. And as she said, we're very much best tool for the job here at Uswitch. And so I think it's probably best to speak more or less in the round on what we've seen since moving to, to more automated approaches to uh, our PPC activity in particular. So, you know, in some of our accounts, we've seen as much as seventy percent increases in in conversions or switch volume, as Luis mentioned, which is in some verticals really game changing for us and allowed us to significantly grow our share of of those industries. Even beyond that, the initial step into automation, we continue to see between ten percent and thirty percent lifts as we continue to do incremental testing across different verticals, different campaigns and different ad groups and audiences. So it's very much a ongoing process. Russell, I can tell you, we're regularly testing new things and that's very much at the heart of how we approach things as a culture and as a business. And so overall, I, I think it has to be 
more than double on some of our campaigns in terms of conversions at similar profitability, but that's very much come in in stages. Luis, I don't know if you have anything to add on the specifics there. You've been closer to it and have been executing a lot of the detail. Yeah, I think you did a good job in covering the numbers there. And I think something else, which I would also add, is gaining time. So saving time by using tools that take less time for us to manage performance. One of the less good points about Somatic was that it had quite rigid campaign structure that we had to use. So we had single keyword ad groups, which meant we had a lot of campaigns, a lot of ad groups, very granular account structure, which did work really well in some ways. But what we've moved to now is having much fewer campaigns. So this means that it just takes up less time in our day managing spend. So that allows us to spend that time on other things instead that are more growth focused and looking towards the future rather than just managing what we've got already. I just want to unpick a couple of things that uh, you both said there. Firstly, around the uh, the results, I'm not going to push you any further for any more detail. I'm not going to uh, require you to go that granular, but to the untrained ear with somebody who doesn't really know the, the context of the category, they seem like quite eye-catching numbers. They're quite big, impressive numbers. So what would you pinpoint as the driver there you know switching and testing and trying new things is one thing but what is it in your switch do you think actually led to those results if there's a one thing you could or a couple of things you could identify that you're doing better now that you can see the results as on the back of i think one thing that google bidding technology has over uh, external providers is that google can make use of a lot more data and signals that things like somatic just don't have access to so for example, Google will be taking into account person's audience and demographic factors. And that's something that other tools just aren't able to do. So I think that's been one of the big drivers. It's made a lot of difference here. We'll come back in a moment to a question of automation and how that frees you up to do other things. And also you were talking there very much about the culture, or at least implying that you've got a culture of test learn and constant innovation. So we'll come back to that in a moment. But Google's been mentioned a couple of times already, and it just so happens that we have somebody from Google. We've got Yanni Vidal, who's Senior Industry Manager at Google. So welcome, Yanni. Welcome to the podcast. Nice to have you here. Thank you very much, Russell. Great to be here. Well, thank you for joining us. Now, tell us what you do, specifically what you do with uh, U-Switch. And if I could ask you a follow-up question once you've dealt with that, what is it that you think makes U-Switch unique? Thank you so much, Russell. Um, I'm Yanni Vidal, Senior Industry Manager at Google. I worked here for the last nine years, and I've been very lucky to see how different companies work in lots of places. U-Switch is a unique partner and it's the culture that sets them apart. It doesn't matter who you are or how long you've been in the company. If you're able to back up your statement with data to support your claim, you will be heard. It reminds me actually of how we operate at Google, a focus on facts, getting the best data possible, a test and learn mentality. Those three things combined makes for a potent culture that gets things done. Can you give me an example or a story, if you like, uh, of where this was really embodied? There's uh, one story from a meeting we had with U-Switch last year. So imagine your company has invested a lot of money in their own technology stack, and I, a representative of Google, come in and says, this is great, but I believe we can get better results with a tool we have called Smart Bidding. Most people would have shown me the door, but they let me explain. 
We showed them a case study from a US brand that had successfully used our tool and they agreed on a test. The results spoke for themselves and you switch mode fast to adopt Google Automation. Why am I telling you this? Because most companies would have ignored me when I made the claim. We could help them improve the results, but YouSwitch, who holds the mantra facts over opinion as a key cultural cornerstone, held true and adapted with a very positive outcome. Generally, what steps uh, can a brand take that wants to make automation a more important part of their search approach? What would you boil that down to? The best approach is to understand how automation can work for you, which was actually what the rest of the conversation was about in that specific U-Switch meeting. Automation is the biggest change to search of the last couple of years for three main reasons. First of all, computing power is now here to do what humans can't do anymore. Data, of course, is more critical to this. The better and higher quality the data, the better the results you're going to see with automation. Last but not least, Google Machine Learning can help you collect and action insights at scale to drive performance at your own company benefit. If I may add one extra piece of advice for marketeers listening here, don't let the egos get in the way. You can always agree on a simple test and let data do the arguing. I think that's sound advice for anybody, anywhere, in any circumstance. Don't let the egos get in the way. Thank you, Yania. And if I could bring Ethan and Louise back into the conversation. We've heard uh, there from Yanni and Louise and indeed yourself have talked about it, Ethan, about automation and the ability to free you up and free your time up to innovate. How has that switch to Google's bidding to free you up to innovate in other areas of your marketing strategy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think it's uh, it's been really important in, as Louis said earlier on, just freeing up time, especially if you think about the analysts on our on our paid media team, for example, they're not spending their time adjusting bids day in, day out. They're thinking about new things that we can test. And so a lot of the results that I mentioned earlier have come from testing that those teams really would not have been able to even think about if they were spending the majority of their time in the tools, adjusting bids or adjusting ad copy even, for example. So a lot of the value is in just freeing up smart people's time to think about ways to grow our business. So I think that's really an important thing to underline. The other key thing for us is around what Google has allowed us to do and partnered with us on, on understanding attribution and understanding things like creative testing as well. So we're spending a lot of focused energy and effort now at making sure we're matching the right audience with the right message and, and putting the right investment behind both of those. What that means in reality is creating a, a large amount of different creative, testing that at scale across different audience segments and using effective data and tooling to make sure we're making the best decisions for which message to serve which consumer at which point in their journey. So really, it's expanded our capabilities across not only how much we invest in certain channels or certain campaigns, but also in being most effective at delivering the right message to the consumer as well. Would you define that as a shift towards a sort of customer first uh, strategy as opposed to a channel uh, strategy? Is, is, uh, have I got that part right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, uh, yeah, very observant. Uh, we are in the midst of a shift uh, from what has historically been 
a, a more siloed marketing approach where you know, the teams across pay-per-click advertising, for example, social, and let's say CRM, uh, would function relatively independently of one another, each making sure that they were maximizing the performance of their individual channel. And really over the last 12 months, we've been starting down the long journey of shifting towards a more channel agnostic and customer focused approach where at the end of the day, we don't really care which channel we reach a consumer on as long as we can deliver the right message in a cost-effective manner. And that drives the, the end result for a consumer, which is helping them make an improved decision for their home services needs. So yeah, very, very, uh, very spot on there. We're absolutely in the process of shifting uh, towards a more channel agnostic approach and in, in ensuring that we're reaching consumers most effectively, regardless of, of the channel, whether it be display, social, PPC, video, et cetera. And what results has that uh, switching approach yielded? How do you measure success and how are you measuring up? So we, we've started down that journey primarily with what we call known customers. So people who have an existing relationship with switch today through either a previous switching activity or through coming to the website and not switching the first time, but entering their email to receive more information or downloading the U-Switch app and creating an account. And we found real benefit in that approach on those new audiences as a starting point to the tune of, depends on the, the different industry, but between 20 and 40% lifts on retention and engagement. We're in the early days of testing that similar approach on new prospecting activity. So a bit early to speak to specific results there, but we've certainly found it to be an incredibly valuable approach with our known consumer audiences and, and uh, people we have an existing relationship with today. Well, we'll watch that space and perhaps catch up with you another time to see how that's actually gone. Thank you for that. But if I could bring Louise back in and just, I suppose, beyond that and beyond some of the continuous development and improvements that you're making that we've already discussed, what would you say is your the next frontier? How are you going to build on the success that you are already having and we're already seeing and keep ahead of evolving trends in your sector, would you say? I think one of the next big things for us is now that we've got automation rolled out in most places, is making sure that we're using it as effectively as we can. Um, so for example, we have previously been working to an ROI target, which I mentioned earlier, just by looking at PPC on a last click basis. But as Ethan started to mention, we've started to look at more of a cross-channel view. So we'd like to change our attribution model and we think that moving away from last click is definitely the way to go. And we just want to use automation in a way that works well with other channels as well, rather than just looking at PPC in isolation. I think that's a desired outcome for everybody who's uh, using last click attribution. I mean, on that point, if I can just, uh, um, Ethan, do chip in. I mean, what for the benefit of everybody else who's uh, constantly scratching their head looking for a better alternative to last click attribution, what other things would be under consideration? Great. So we're taking a bit of a, I would call it a three-step approach or a sort of triangulated approach towards measuring media effectiveness and marketing spend effectiveness. And I think before I go into any detail, Russell, I think anyone who tells you that they've got this totally figured out is probably trying to sell you something and is probably wrong uh, from my experience. And Yanni's nodding her head. So I'll take that as a thumbs up from her too. I think everyone's trying to figure this out. And uh, this is made all the more complicated by 
incoming changes with how cookies are handled by browsers, changes to default privacy settings and things like iOS. So this is only getting more complicated. The way we're currently approaching it, I mentioned, is in in three steps. So we use econometric modeling, and these are really in no particular order. They they all work together. But we use econometric modeling to help understand the impact of overall investment. So that helps us understand the return on investment for all of our marketing activity, including our TV advertising, things we do on social, uh, digital video through to PPC and, and other digital channels as well. We'll do holdout testing, usually geographically, but if we can identify a consumer audience based on some trait, then we'll do that on a, a non-geographic basis. But typically, we're using geographic holdout testing to say, for the sake of example, we'll turn off non-brand PPC in, in an area for a short period of time and then understand the impact of that activity on the rest of the country, for example. So that helps us feel more confident in the numbers we're getting from econometrics. And to date, those have aligned relatively well. And then we use those two numbers to set a target within our current attribution modeling. So really the the number that you know, Luis and team are operating to is, is a target that we set. It is not necessarily a fully true representation of the return on investment we're getting from the money that Luis and team are investing. So for the sake of discussion, let's say we set the target at 100. Luis and team are optimizing to that 100 number, even though that may mean, you know, we're actually getting 140 on the equivalent back or 200 back when we do the full holdout testing and econometric modeling. So uh, we very much use attribution models like last click to manage our accounts in the day-to-day and at a campaign level and, and in executing tests on things like creative and audience segmentation. But we view the overall impact of our activity in the round through that triangulated view that I mentioned. Thank you for that. And I uh, I can only echo uh, what you said at the beginning of your answer there, which uh, is true. Nobody has this lit, but what is uh, important is that you keep trying, you keep testing, you keep layering data, you keep searching for insights. We could do a whole podcast on attribution and econometrics, but sadly... We don't have the time and I think that's uh, the all we have for today. So thank you for that. Thank you to Ethan and Louise for talking us through the usage journey and Yanni for explaining Google's role. I think if I'm going to take anything away from everything that you've talked to me about, it is that. It is uh, keep testing, keep learning. Everything's moving at a fast pace. The advertiser ecosystem allows you to change things in real time. So why wouldn't you take that opportunity and look to exploit it? It looks like that's exactly what you're trying to do. And that's the culture that you've embedded there at Usage. So thank you for sharing that with us. So thank you from myself. Thank you from these guys. Until next time, goodbye. You have been listening to Marketing That Matters from Marketing Week and eConsultancy, sponsored by Google with me, Russell Parsons. This podcast was produced by Tim O'Donoghue from Bauer London Creative and edited by Rebecca Sentence. Look out for the next episode in which I'll be talking to Brain Labs and Witch about how they've been able to link marketing to business growth. Until next time, goodbye. This podcast is sponsored by Google Search. It's where your customers find what matters to them and where you can find what matters to your business. To learn more, visit g.co slash think slash search smarter. That's 
g.co slash think slash search smarter.